All right. All right, all right, all right. It's time for Masterful Living. Coming to you from England. Thank you for being able to share I'm really grateful to be able to be with you and you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm excited for our class today. So let's take that breath of love and gratitude together. Open our hearts and open our minds to the very highest possibility of love. So grateful and so thankful that love is all that we are. Love is all that we ever will be. Hmm. Taking this breath of love, this breath of gratitude, and consciously recognize who and what we are. We are the living representation of love. We are made in the spiritual image and likeness of love. We're partnering up the higher whole itself. We are grateful and thankful to consciously choose to remember our true nature, that we are gathering together for this holy purpose of remembering and recognizing that we're already as holy can be, that our natural state is perfect, perfect wholeness, purity, beauty, wisdom. We're grateful and thankful to allow ourselves to know and recognize the fullness of God's love in our hearts. We're saying yes, that it's already there. It's already installed. We're already perfect, whole, and complete. We're seeing not just ourselves, but else this way. We are grateful and thankful to allow ourselves to know perfect love is the only thing that's operating in our life. In gratitude, we share benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Yes, indeed. So we've been working on relationships and looking at our relationships in the light of the teachers' characteristics of God's teachers, looking at our uh, behavior in relationships, how we're holding relationships by being aware of these aspects of the teachers of God. And really moving into that place of aspiring, aspiring consciously to be that master and masterful. So this is what we're consciously intending for ourselves. And it entails a full release of all the the blocks to love. 
all the things that we don't have what it takes. Mm -hmm. And so we've been looking at the trust, placing our faith and trust in love, and that trust is how we actively build our faith by practicing trust. Looking at the characteristic of honesty and recognizing, as the Course says, it's really about being consistent and constancy, that being consistently loving is an expression of honesty, and I love that. I think it's really helpful. And then tolerance, that third characteristic of God's teachers, tolerance. Is really the practice of non-judgment, non-judgment, and being able to stand in that uh, place of non-judgment, which is, of course, what a course of miracles is about, and what our course, Masterful Living, is about, and seeing how different our life is when we are able to practice non-judgment, that we begin to see of joy when we're practicing non-judgment, that we can truly be peaceful in all situations, in all circumstances when we're practicing non-judgment, that the only thing that truly disturbs our peace is our judgments. So it's a wonderful realization when we're practicing that we're seeing it happen more and more that's what we were talking about last time talking about tolerance and uh, god's teach do not judge to judge is to be dishonored for to judge is to assume a position you do not have so we do not have the ability to see beyond time and space consistently yet so we haven't cultivated yet that consistent fifth-dimensional awareness seeing beyond time and space. And so that being the case, how can we look at anything and clearly, truly know what it's for? We really can't know what everything is for. So we attach meaning to things, we're interpreting things, and it's in that that our upset begins. So A Course in Miracles tells us that everything works together for good. There are no exceptions. So when we start making exceptions, that's when we start going into judgment. And when we start making exceptions, then we're separating ourselves mentally from love, from perfection, from wholeness, And the mechanism of that separation is our exceptions. Our exceptions are our judgments. As soon as we travel into the land of judgments and exceptions, then we start hearing that divine alarm clock going off or feeling that divine alarm clock going off or maybe being in denial of the divine alarm clock going off. Reminder, what is the divine alarm clock? It's when we are not at peace anymore when we're feeling irritated, upset, frustrated, unhappy, then that's the sign that we're believing something that's not true. And 
you know, it takes great willingness to be able to practice this and really be effective with it. So that's what we've been talking about, is looking at where we're placing our trust instead of in love. We're placing it in our own opinions and our own judgments. And so then we're not being consistently loving. So you can see how all these work together, that trust is about trusting in love. Honesty is about being consistently loving. And tolerance is also about being consistently loving and placing our trust in love. So it keeps coming back to that. The rest is that you have been deceived in your brothers. How then could you not have been deceived in yourself? Right? If you're deceived in your perception of yours, you're going to be deceived in your perception of yourself because you're one with your brothers. So what what you project onto your brothers and sisters, it's really going to be something that you see in yourself that's disowned. Uh, or that frightens you or upsets you and you project it out onto others. Judgment implies a lack of trust. And trust remains the bedrock of the teacher of God's whole thought system. Let this be lost and all his learning goes. Without judgment are all things equally acceptable. For who could judge otherwise? So it's our judgments that make things unacceptable. And when things are unacceptable, then, of course, we're upset. We're irritated. We're frustrated. We're building judgment on top of judgment. It says, without judgment are all men brothers. For who is there who stands apart? Judgment destroys honesty and shatters trust. No teacher of God can judge and hope to learn. So we could say, well, I'm I'm not really interested in being a teacher of God. It's really about being peaceful. It's really about being harmonious. It's really about being able to manifest and demonstrate what to experience in your life. Being peaceful is something everybody would like to experience. But how can we be peaceful when we're disturbing the peace by thinking things are unacceptable, that they should be different? And how can we situations that seem unacceptable, murder, torture, starvation, things like that? How do we judge, how do we not judge as bad and tells us to go in a place of I don't know what anything because I'm not in a position where I can see through all directions of time and space. Now, part of this, really important part of this, this is crucial, is that if we are looking at, let's say, terrorism and the tendency this is bad, this is wrong, this should not be, this is not good. What we're not looking at when we're seeing that is what is the cause? 
What is the root cause? What is this an expression of? What's really going on here? We're not clearly able to recognize it or know it. How could we if we can't see through all kinds of time and space? And so there's that story I've told of Carolyn Mace, uh, the, the author, Carolyn Mace, who writes the, wrote the book Anatomy of the Spirit, which I do recommend. Uh, it's about uh, understanding better how the chakras work in our chakra system. It's a, it's a really helpful book, Anatomy of the Spirit. So I encourage you to take a look at that. It's in your Masterful Living Bookstore. I think it's a pretty easy read, and it will support you in doing the chakra work in your books in your Masterful Living Journals. Uh, in, um, in one of her audios I listened to a long time ago, I heard her tell that story. Uh, she went to see this guru uh, who had some kind of an ashram, and this woman in the guru who had a son who was... Um, disabled in some way and suffering physically and people in the ashram were upset with the guru saying, why don't you heal this situation? If you, you're so powerful, you could heal this. You know, through the use of your mind, you could release them from all the suffering that they're experiencing. Why wouldn't you do that? You, you're so uh, unloving to let it continue. And the guru says, well, what I can see is that the the mother in a previous incarnation was very unloving, uncompassionate, discompassionate, was not able to really have compassion for other people who are suffering. And in this lifetime has this goal of learning how to have compassion for other people's suffering. And so the one who is her son volunteered in this lifetime to go through this experience with her because he loves her so much and wants wants to help her on a soul level reach her goal of developing compassion. So he's chosen this out of love for her. It's to her. How could I heal the child and take away their, what they are creating together, which is born of love and which is so beautiful, his act of service, his act of love for her on a soul level. And I'm kind of adding things that I feel into the story because I've thought about this story many, many times. So on a soul level, she's feeling his love, his commitment to her to help her learn compassion. And, you know, think about the times in your life when maybe you've been struggling with something and you didn't feel confident that you had what it took. You didn't feel confident of your inner abilities. Maybe you didn't feel confident that you could be loving, that you could be compassionate, that you could do a particular thing or accomplish a particular thing. But there was somebody in your life who believed that you could do it. And they were willing to walk with you and talk with you along the way 
and the perception might be that they were making a sacrifice or that they were extending themselves, investing themselves because they believed in you, because they loved you. Maybe you've done that for a child or a friend or a grandchild where you have uh, endured some things that were difficult and challenging for you out of love for another person because you wanted to support them and let them know that they were loved and they were not alone. So imagine that this child is dedicating his whole life to helping his mother learn compassion. And on a soul level, she knows that. So then that becomes a reason for her not to give up. He believes she can do it. He's dedicating his life to it. So on some soul level, maybe she can that she does have the ability. She can do it. So she keeps going and doesn't give up. Can you see how that could be operating? And so the guru is saying to everyone, so how could I judge either of them as being misguided or that they shouldn't have to do this or that this isn't a good idea, that there's a better way, a different way? How could I interfere when clearly what they have set up for themselves is already perfect? So this is why judgment doesn't help us. It distracts us. We don't know. But we can pretend to think that we know, and we do that all the time, don't we? I'm inviting you now to think of an experience in your life where something upsetting was going on, something that really bothered you, you were thinking that it should be different. You were acting as if you could see through all directions of time and space, and you knew what should or shouldn't be. Just consider that. Is it possible that there was something operating there that you weren't able to see, that if you could see it, if you could understand it, you would see that, you know what, this, this was for the good. I just didn't see it. I couldn't see it. I was looking at something else. I wonder if anybody has an example to share from their own life. 
And, you know, sometimes we, we can go through an experience like for me, I've been fired from jobs where at the time that it happened, I, I felt like, well, this is, this is a disaster. This is not a good thing. But then over time, I was able to realize, oh, this is actually incredibly helpful to me and good for me. It's good for me to get out of there. This was perfect in divine timing. I see it happen in so many people's lives in so many ways. Anybody have any examples where you can see that you had judged things that, well, maybe, maybe there's another point of view, another perspective? Star two to raise your hand. Okay, we've got Rosalind raising her hand. Hey, Rosalind. Yes, hi, Jennifer. Uh, hi. Yes, I have an example of something um, that's happened over and over. Um, it, uh, we go back east and take care of my grandson when his mothers uh, have to work, and we've done this for three years. And my daughter is a very gifted special needs teacher and extremely sensitive to uh, her students who have multiple challenges. And she can, in my judgment, in our judgment, my husband and I, be very insensitive to our needs. So where we might have um, picked up my grandson at 7.30, and I might say to her, um, will, you be, will you be home at 5 to, you know, to, for dinner? And uh, she will say, she'll say anything. She'll say yes or whatever she says. And um, it, there has been no way that I could get her to come back on time. And, um, you know, I can call her. I can remind her. I can text her. She'll, and I know she has issues with time. Um, but I continue to judge her and make a meaning of it that I don't want to be making. But it's been a repetitive thing. Um, and recently I've seen this as a gift to me uh, to teach me about non-judgment because she's this wonderful person and I, if, I didn't, if I didn't have the thought that if she loved me she'd be considerate of our time too and we're tired and I've asked her to be on time at the end of the day and blah, blah, blah. Um, so if I didn't have those thoughts, I would be okay with her doing what she does, and it all works out. I just, you know, there it is. So, Rosalind, I hear you saying that um, the judgments that you have, you're making the meaning of it that she disrespects you. Yes, and that mm -hmm. if she wanted to, she could be on time, and she, if she cared enough, like she cares for her students, um, and there's, mm -hmm. then she would respect what we've asked for. Mm -hmm. And then there's the giving to get. You know, I'm giving to my grandson to get back. I mean, yes, I'm giving to my grandson because I want to be with him, but I'm doing her a favor, and I there there's the thing of wanting back. Be on time. Be grateful. Be appreciative. We're tired. We're old. <laughs> 
sorry to laugh, but the way you said no, it. No, I, um, say, I say it with laughter, too. Yeah. <laughs> so let me just ask you, would uh, if you weren't there with your grandchild, would your and somebody else was, would your daughter show up on time? Probably not. For a different no? Uh yes and no. She she um she has been penalized at daycare for being late, um, but she probably makes it most of the time. However, she could be there she, earlier than she gets there. <laughs> and and he wouldn't have to be in daycare as long. So there's my mm-hmm. judgment again. Right. So I just want to be clear, you pick up your, is it grandson? Grandson, uh-huh. From daycare? No, not not in, the, not in the summer. When we go in the summer, we pick him up um, in the morning from his house. Okay. And then we take him to a, a condo and do whatever we're going to do during the day. And so we're in our own quarters. And then she's working, and then she comes to have dinner at our house. Um, at this condo, and um, right. I'm ready to be done. Right. And then she pushes the envelope, whatever whatever time it's set is another time that she arrives. Mm. Well, I understand that you're judging that making the meaning of it that she doesn't respect you is upsetting. Mm-hmm. Of course that's upsetting. Mm-hmm. And it certainly feels like it's not just you, based on what you said. It's kind of everyone. Yeah, definitely. She she's on her own time. Mhm. And she and she means it. I know when she says she's going to be there she means it, and time gets away from her. I do get that. Um, mm-hmm. But there are times lately that she organizes herself to be on time when it matters. Mm-hmm. And also, she seems to do that more when she thinks she's pushed the envelope as far as she can push it. Like if she right. has now asked for a ride for her friend on top of our leaving at a certain time from something then she will actually be ready and on time. But it has to wake her up from her, you know. She has to be a little scared. And I don't really like mm. to do that. I don't like to be mad and, yeah. and make her scared. Yeah. Yeah. So, in a sense, there are a couple things going on here. One is your upset comes from the meaning you make of it. Mm-hmm. Always our upset comes from the meaning we make of it not what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. And what's actually happening that is triggering us is happening so that we will get triggered mm-hmm. so that we can clear those triggers out. Mm-hmm. So on one level, we could say your daughter's choices are designed to trigger you so that you can release all triggers. Mm -hmm. So you get a chance to be peaceful no matter what. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I also have to say I really feel here, Rosalind, that uh, what you're telling me is 
she does have the ability to be on time when she chooses to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not Somewhat. that she doesn't Pretty have... much, pretty much. I think she can get herself in trouble at work, too, for being late in the morning. I think she has gotten herself in trouble for that. Um, right, but if someone can be on time, yeah, uh, then yeah, then they have the yeah. ability. If, she, if it was important enough to her, she, she would be on time, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what she's capable of. She has right. labels that we don't mention, like KDG. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand. And um, so it's it's hard uh, uh, when the ego is in there saying, this is the only real interpretation of it. This means this. Mm-hmm. And that that's where we often get into a lot of challenges with our family is that uh, labeling where we make that interpretation that's not helpful to us, that's not upsetting to us. And one of the things that happens is we start saying in our mind, they're always late, they're always late, or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. You know, they just don't respect mm-hmm. me, or this is never going to change. These are the kinds of ego statements that the more we affirm them, the more we affirm them, because we believe them, because our mind is the mind of God, because all thought produces form at some level, mm-hmm. there are no idle thoughts, mm-hmm. then we are actively contributing to the person behaving the way they do because that's mm-hmm. how we see them. And we're affirming it and affirming it and affirming it and affirming it. Yeah. And um, I, I have done so much of that in my lifetime. And um, it's like you may have heard me say I made a video about this very different thing, but the same principle where for 10 years I was saying every time I was putting on my lipstick, I would think, why can't I find the perfect lipstick? Mm. And uh, just affirming it over, like, why is it so mm-hmm. hard to find the perfect lipstick? Mm-hmm. Again and again and again and again. And then I realized one day, Jennifer, you're asking the wrong question. Mm-hmm. Instead, uh, I just said, okay, I'm not going to affirm that negativity anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, I'd like to find the perfect lipstick. Mm-hmm. And within two weeks, I was led mm-hmm. and guided the perfect lipstick mm-hmm. <laughs> literally okay, can, I, so, can I ask you go ahead yeah no go ahead um, so I did some Byron Katie stuff for the turnaround and asking the question who would I be without this thought before I went right. to see her the last time and the answer was I would be peaceful and happy and what happened in this last experience because this is the third time we've done this uh, this two week thing with my grandson, um, mm-hmm. was that I was calm and peaceful and happy and delirious that I was not upset, and my husband took the feelings and he was all upset. So it was still in the system. I, you know, I, I, so I was not that impressed that um, that I got rid of it in the sense of he, he took it then, and so it was still being expressed. I'm so glad you shared that because this is one of the things that is very common for us in friends and families in workplaces that one person will predominantly express what everyone is 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 sensing or feeling 
So were you both expressing it before or were you expressing it? Uh, no, I think I felt it more because I had dinner ready and I was I, I think I felt it more. He felt it but not not like I did. He right. was more accepting, and then we were, we changed positions this time. I'm like, la, 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 here. You know, of course she's, you know, it doesn't, it, you know. Actually, the thing that helped me most with that Byron Katie turnaround was uh, looking forward to her doing, doing the exact opposite, looking forward to the experience of judging her and not judging her and um, seeing who I would be without that thought, looking forward to the peace that I would feel when she was late. It was kind of it's a paradox, right? Yes, and as God would have it, you also get to practice the peace with your husband. So being able to be peaceful even if he's not peaceful. Oh, I loved it that he was having the feeling. So that I realized <laughs> I didn't get rid of anything. You know, I was just getting him to express my transfer it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't at all annoyed with him. <laughs> so that's why mm-hmm. I kind of felt badly and feel, felt a little bit like I didn't really, I wasn't mm-hmm. really accomplishing that much. Mm-hmm. So here's a question. Mm-hmm. Were you, do you think that you were able to release the emotional reaction of energetically feeling emotionally upset but still mentally thinking it's wrong. It's wrong that she does what possible? she does. Uh-huh. It's wrong that she does what she does. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. I th- I think and I think I. Yes. Yes. I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the ways? Because this is very familiar to me. This is very familiar to me. Uh, One of the ways to work with that is to, when the thought is, I wish it were different, she should do it different, to really be able to witness those thoughts and ask, should it really be different? Mm-hmm. And is there actually something else going on here that I might not be recognizing? Mm-hmm. So perhaps in this instance, perhaps there's something further that can happen. Like what if you completely... I'm just, you know, looking yeah, for, for yep, yeah. what if you stopped letting it bother you at all? You never said anything to her about it again, no matter mm-hmm. what time she showed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not even text her, not even try to get her to be on time. I thought exactly. about that when I was texting her. I thought, maybe I'm bringing it on again. I'm expecting her to be late. Right. But just... You know, just being very clear, mm-hmm. um, I'd like you to be here by this time uh, from now on. Mm-hmm. And uh, Maybe even not saying I, that because she's going to show up when she shows up. 
What do you think of that? Not yeah. even ask, not even asking for a certain time. Yeah. That makes me vulnerable you, when I ask and she doesn't do it. There you go. Just trying that for a while and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And if you notice that you haven't asked, you haven't texted her, you haven't done anything, but you're feeling anxious or mm-hmm. starting to get irritable or mm-hmm. the thoughts of judgment are coming up, that you just give them to the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. say, I'm willing to have complete peace and harmony in my family. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to have her show up on time. Mm-hmm. I'm willing for her timing to be perfect. Mm-hmm. No matter what I'm even willing for her to be late. Yeah, what, or really, what is a, the problem with her being late? We can eat on time. We can give her her dinner later. She doesn't care. So I heard you say earlier that you're kind of ready to be done. I am ready to be done, but but is that a fact or is I, that's just a feeling? I just want to be done because I want her to be show up. Then I am I am judging that that's enough time that I've given her. Mm-hmm. And so when you're upset, your husband are, is upset. Where is your grandson? Oh, he's with us. He's playing. He doesn't know. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. he knows, but it doesn't bother him. He's with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we don't we don't march around saying things or, you know, it's all internal. We might say, right. you know, it's five thirty, and you know, should we eat dinner or not? Because she's not here. But or you know, but we don't say her. You know, he or she is being irresponsible, or we don't say anything out loud. Because one of the patterns that people come in with, and uh, I certainly did, I, I came in with this belief that there was something really, really wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And so I would do things to provoke people to say, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and um, and that would just affirm for me what I believe, mm-hmm. which is there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And um, what once I was willing to say, you know what, there's nothing wrong with me, there's nothing wrong with anyone. Mm. We are all mm. perfect, whole, and complete. There's nothing wrong with anyone. Mm. I'm going to stop looking for what's wrong with me. And mm. looking, I'm going to stop looking for what's wrong with this room, this mm-hmm. idea, mm. this sofa, this person, this meal, this park, whatever it might be that I'm experiencing, I'm going to stop looking for what's wrong with everything. Then I stopped looking for what was wrong with me. I stopped feeling like there was something wrong with me all the time. And the belief began, yeah, the belief began to dissolve and resolve. Mm -hmm. I think you've hit on her gift to me. That's her gift to me. She's showing me that part of me that looks for what's wrong. That's gorgeous. You know, it might take six months of not making it wrong anymore before mm-hmm. she would shift. And you can't do it just to make her shift. No, no. Not man- yeah. I've actually taken it off her now. I'm starting to see all the places in my life that I do that, and they're all gifts. And so now it's not even about her. Mm-hmm. It's about me. Mhm. 
Thank you. Yeah, because, you know, this is the thing is all minds are joined. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> we're constantly, whether it, it is even easily discernible or not, we're constantly helping each other to identify where our mind is believing in limitation. Mm-hmm. And so just the total acceptance of her, she may not have to do it anymore. Mm-mm. And actually at this moment, I don't care if she does or she doesn't. I, I actually yeah. stopped caring in this conversation. Because I'm more interested in seeing myself let go of, of looking for something wrong mm. with people and things. I'm good mm-hmm. at that. So that interests mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for talking it through with us. Yeah, thanks for hanging in there. Took took a while, huh? Um, and I'm sorry, my internet is a little bit shaky. H- have you been able to hear me well during the conversation? I, I I have. I wrote to you that it was you were breaking up more in the beginning when you were praying, but you were very clear when we were talking. Okay, good, good, good. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. And we've got Shelly raising her hand. Thank you for your patience, Shelly. Hey there. Yes. Hi, Jen. Jennifer. Sorry. Hi. Hi. So nice to hear your voice. Um, Several things came to my mind um, Mm -hmm. as you were talking. And Mm -hmm. uh, the first one, and this was an experience I had a very long time ago, but it... um, uh, when I was going to school and I had children, I had three small children and I was going to college and I really wanted them to put me in trainings um, for so I could work in a hospital because that was my desire, my deep desire. And they kept putting me in um, my clinical practice in the school system and my advisor finally said, I think you'd be better suited there and I think it would be better for your family because I was a single mom. And mm-hmm. I was very resentful because I thought, she doesn't think I'm smart enough to work in a hospital. But it ended up being the best choice for me because that was mm. where I spent the last 20 years working and I was able to have the same schedule as my children. And then several summers, I was able to watch my grandchildren during the summer. So, mm. and uh, my thinking has so shifted that you have to be just as smart to work anywhere. So it, it wasn't a competition for me anymore. And I had spent part of my career working in a hospital part time, in nursing home part time, and schools part time. So I've experienced it all. But um, I was so resentful way back because I thought they're showing favoritism. And that wasn't the truth. The truth was she, the the advisor knew what she was doing. So um, that was one experience. And the other experience. That's a great example. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, because that was, that was just, that was just a, a, that was really tough at that time. It just, it was confusing. And, um, um, 
And the other one has been that relationship with Joe, which I won't go into a long thing, but I've, I've not really been able to understand or make the meaning out of it. And um, there's still a lot of tears that I have about that and acceptance that I don't think I've reached. And meaning that I've made, <clears throat> meaning that I've made that is not the meaning. Um, and wondering why I continue to struggle. I don't know. And I like what Rosalind said about where would I be if I didn't have this monkey on my back? Yeah. Anyway. You know, sometimes when we're healing something that is deeply karmic, that feels confusing, that feels incomprehensible, that the emotion, the attachment, the energy feels overwhelming, out of proportion, it doesn't make sense. We're trying and trying and trying, trying to understand it, but we can't. Um, What for me, I, I have found it very helpful is to really say, my spirit knows exactly why all this is the way it is. And I'm willing to understand it. I'm willing to know it. But I, I'm not going to search for it. I'm going to allow spirit to tell it to me, to teach it to me, to give it to me. And I'm, I'm going to stop labeling the fact that it doesn't make sense to me as bad. You know, okay. like... So, because I, I heard you say, you know, why am I continuing to feel this way? Why is this still a struggle for me? Why is this? And that's totally understandable. I mean, we all do that. There's nothing wrong or unique with you about uh, feeling that way. But when we have those thoughts, the why thoughts like that, it's we can turn it from being the victim, why is this continuing to bother me? Why am I still having to deal with this? Why is this still happening to me? When we have those victim ego thoughts, uh, the pattern is healing, and to move into a more elevated viewpoint where we can say, and this would apply with Rosalind too, like, I wonder why this is bothering me so much. I wonder what's what's the the benefit to me here. How is why is this so um, intense for me? Versus you know why you know the struggle, the pain, and to really open our mind like okay, there's there's a resolution that's coming. There's good that's unfolding. It, it's I'm challenged to see it right now, but I'm willing to accept that it's there, even though. I haven't yet caught a glimpse of it. It's still there. Okay. Okay. The dawn is coming. It's just not here quite yet. And uh, that when there's that sense of really feeling like, because I kind of heard in your, you know, I don't know why this is still going on, uh, what it reminded me of my own feelings that were so strong of 
is this ever going to end? Or the feeling of, gosh, if I if I weren't such a loser, or if there wasn't something wrong with me, then I would understand this, or it would be over by now. Uh, this sense that I'm doing something wrong, I don't know what I'm doing. And there are times in our lives when, and I see this for many, if not most people, where we go through something that is very intense. It can feel like a trial by fire, and it can feel like the fire just goes on and on. It can feel like wandering in the desert. It, it can feel like being tortured, and there's some kind of an intense karmic healing that's going on that from where we are living our life in the experience of time and space, it just isn't comprehensible. And so that's when just judging the experience makes it harder. And so if we can move into that place of, you know, I really don't understand what this is about, but I'm willing to, and if I don't need to understand it in order to heal it and move on from it, then I'm fine. I don't need to understand it. I'm willing to let trying to understand it go. So that's one thing for, for every one of us in this class is if you're having in any area of your life where you feel like you're kind of feeling stuck in something that is really unpleasant, like what you're talking about, Shelley, to really say, you know what? Am I feeling I have to understand this, that I need to understand it? Because that having to understand it, that need to understand it, that's ego because the spirit already knows. Spirit knows all there is to know about it. It's only the ego that doesn't understand it. Do you feel right. in any way that that you've you really have been in the past really needing to understand it? Yes, yes, I have. Would and you be I've, willing? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say yes, I have, and um, I keep trying to allow myself to deeply believe what you said about I don't have to I don't have to know what this is about that this is all for my healing that mm. maybe my ego is like you're there's something wrong with you he um, approached me this morning <clears throat> and I anyway he said I'm showing I'm willing to do anything I'm willing to do anything and I <clears throat> I said I am not willing anymore I'm just not willing to put myself there anymore. And that was the hardest thing I've ever had to say. Mm. So, anyway. And that makes me feel like I failed. Because I really didn't believe that he was really willing, that he really was. Mm-hmm. I just ran out of gas. Could 
maybe in my heart, I don't believe it's ever going to be different. Just like Rosalind is her daughter and they pick it up on time. I want to believe it would be different, but I don't. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's all. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, you don't have to apologize at all. Because your being able to discuss this is helpful to everyone. We we can find uh, a reflection in our own life. And I think most of us have been in a situation where we wanted something to be different, but we didn't believe it could be different. And so here's a question is, is it that you don't believe it can be different? Is it that you don't want to believe it could be different? Is it that your intuition is it's not going to be different? That's that's really insightful. Um, I think it's probably my intuition saying it or I don't want to. Um, It seems to me like intuition. Um, I don't know. It just seems like I... seems like my gut just goes crazy with the stomach aches and physical other things as soon as I interact with him. And that seems to me like it twitched. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem sabotaging it. So this is where giving it to spirit and saying, "I'm willing. I'm willing to choose the highest and best, the most loving. Make it plain. Make it clear." Do you feel in your heart, in your gut, that it has been made plain to you, it has been made clear, and you're just in the conflict of you wish it were different than it was, but you you have clarity that the best thing for you is to look to have a, a new relationship with a new person. Yes, I think so, Jennifer. I think so. I think I just got a little thrown this morning. But I think so. I think I've known for a long time. I just haven't been willing to put that knowing into action, I guess. Or non-action. Yeah, it's... Yeah, sometimes there's karmic things. I've had these in my life where I had such a strong feeling about something that such a strong connection to a person with I've had it with friends. I've had it with sweethearts where I felt like I couldn't give up. I just couldn't give up. I had to keep hoping for the best and hoping for the best 
and finally realizing that, you know what, the best is that we do not continue in this relationship. That is the best. It's like I I can imagine things changing. I would like for things to change, but the facts are that this person is not on the same path as me. I'm not on the same path as them. We're not a match. Even though we have such a strong attraction and love and energy for each other, we're not on the same path. The the life desire is not the desire. We can't have have the life we just match here. So for my... Right. It was yes. I have incredibly intense and for me it was very, very I kept turning it over and turning over. I Jennifer, it sounds like you're in a tunnel or something. And I have. Yeah, the internet is uh, its just not very strong. It goes in and out. Okay. They tell me. So, in a sense, Shelley is asking you, presenting it to you, saying, I'm willing to do anything. He's actually helping you to move into that place of making a choice. Helping me to do what? I'm sorry. Make the choice. Right. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's allowing me to make a choice. Mm-hmm. That means I'm responsible for my own happiness. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Shelley. Thank you. And we're praying for you. Okay. Thank you. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All right. Lynn is writing in here. She writes, Jennifer, my biggest challenge in my life right now is moving through physical pain, except and trusting 
that even this pain is here to teach me something, to move through some form of healing. Yet every day I find myself in tears as I work so hard to move through the emotional and the physical pain, and I continue to pray for trust that God will bring me through this, and maybe one day I will wake up to feel less pain in my body. Just when I feel like I'm letting it go and trusting in God, I get up to move, and there is the pain, like a constant reminder that keeps putting me back in my body. How does all of this work when you're feeling the physical pain? How can I move out of the pain and into joy? Thank you so much, Jennifer. Much love to you and everyone in the group. So, Lynn, Course in Miracles tells us that pain is a wrong perspective, and our perspective is that we're a body. And In my experience, I, I haven't had much experience of pain. Last year, last summer, however, I injured my back and I was in excruciating pain for a couple of weeks. And it was a great teacher to me because I was watching how I became identified with the one who was in pain, going in and out of that. And what helped me the most in the experience of pain it's it's hard to it's really really hard to believe that being in pain could help us to focus our mind and so one thing that i did that was helpful to me was to focus my attention on a part of my body that was not in pain because as crazy as it seems, and it does seem crazy, the pain is not in the body, it's in the mind. And so I could focus on recognizing that I was not feeling the pain all over. That the pain was did seem to be located in a particular part of my body, and I could move my attention the part of my body that wasn't in pain and then I was less focused on the pain for instance right now one thing we can all do I can invite you to just take a moment and if you're sitting in a place where you can look out the window just focus your attention in the distance If you're looking outside the window or you could even if you're in a room when it's got no windows windows or <clears throat> it's too dark to see anything outside you can just focus on another part of the room and you can also bring your attention and focus to let's say your bed if you're not in your bedroom right now, or maybe if you are in your bedroom, maybe you have a car, you can focus on the inside of your car. So you change your focus, your attention, 
somewhere you are not there in this moment. But you can bring your awareness there. So just practicing and recognizing that we can shift our awareness. So we can shift our awareness to focus very sharply or intently on what we don't like, what's unpleasant, what doesn't feel good. And we can shift our attention. So, for instance, one thing that is possible that I noticed when I was in excruciating pain was I could teach a class and I wouldn't be thinking about the pain. I didn't really notice the pain much when I was teaching because I was focused on what I was doing in the class. Also, I could watch a movie and not be thinking about the pain. But then as soon as I was going to, let's say, move my body, turn over, get out of bed, go to the bathroom, go to the kitchen, I would start preemptively thinking about the pain as I started to move. And I would feel the pain intensely. So beginning to work with my mind to recognize the pain is in my mind. It's not in the body, though it seems like it's in the body. The pain is in the mind. The healing is in the mind. My willingness to have a healing is also in the mind. The power to have a healing is in the mind. The willingness is in the mind. The power to have a healing is in the mind. The appearance of pain is also in the mind. It's all at the level of the mind. So being more willing to work at the level of the mind that the pain is training me to be more diligent in working at the level of the mind. For me, one of the things that really helped me was working with the I am statements. So there are the I am statements that are in your journals at the end of the prayer section. And uh, those I am statements, I am the only active intelligence operating in my body. That was one that really helped me. So I really worked with those I am affirmations and what I began to experience was not just that there was healing happening. Now, I had an injury, so many people, when they have an injury, there is healing. And not only that, but uh, I was drawing to me things that were helpful to me. So I drew to me 
a chiropractor who told me things to, that I could do and gave me adjustments that were helpful to me. I attracted to me uh, an acupuncturist that could also help me and give me some tools that helped me as well. So... All of that taught me that working with prayer, with the I am statements, with my willingness, with focusing my mind, that these different things would work together to support me in the healing. And I definitely can at least begin to understand that feeling. I, I definitely have had that feeling, I did then, of feeling tearful and just really wanting to cry because the pain felt like it wore me down. And uh, what I saw was that actually the pain was there to help me strengthen my mind, to choose to strengthen my mind. And this is one of the things that we have various kinds of experiences with in our life where we are given challenging people, challenging situations, and it's to strengthen our mind. So, for instance, for me, I had some experiences that felt like very intense relationship betrayals to me. What they became for me was the either I could go into judgment, I could go into blame, I could go into shame, I could go into all manner of upset and irritation and frustration. And if I did that then I wouldn't be strengthening my mind. My mind would be weakening. So the temptation, I would see how strong the temptation was to go into attack, to go into blame and resentment and regret and all those different things. And I would call myself back. This this was actually a huge turning point in my life, and it became the thing that I created the Finding Freedom and then the Masterful Living curriculum out of because it was so intensely challenging for me. I so wanted to go into hopelessness, helplessness, attack, blame, shame, and it was so tempting, and I had to call myself back from it thousands of times and keep disciplining my mind. No, I'm not interested in that anymore. I am a creature of love and light. That's all I'm interested in. I'm a child of God. I am the Christ. That's all I'm interested in. And having to affirm that many, 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 many times throughout the day strengthened my mind. I rose above it. And any time I got sucked into it, the judging, the blame, the resentment, the regret, 
the mental and emotional pain, I would start to feel that divine alarm clock going off. And then I'd realize, oh, I did it again. Okay, starting again. I'm not interested in that anymore. Higher Holy Spirit self, please take these thoughts out of my mind so I never think them again. I'm a creature of love and light. That's all I'm interested in. All that I'm interested in choosing is love, thoughts of love, expressions of love. And I share the benefits of my healing with everyone because I'm one with them. Over and over and over and over and over again throughout the day, day after day after day after day, month after month after month after month, and even year after year. And ultimately, my mind got a little stronger and a little stronger and a little stronger. And eventually, all those thoughts dissipated and went away. And I really do feel healed now. But when I was in the thick of it, it was hard for me to imagine that I could really get to the other side of it. But I was willing to have faith even though I couldn't really imagine it, couldn't really feel it. I was willing to have faith. So that's that it's it, the learning is it's the strengthening of the mind because you said that just going back to your words here that it's there to teach you something and it's strengthen your mind. Holding in your mind that the pain is not yours. It's not my pain. That, and even to hold that only love is real and love is not painful and you, your nature is love. And regardless of any circumstance, any situation, any appearance, you are willing to keep holding that. So that for me was the challenge, was to keep holding it even though I didn't see any evidence of it. To keep holding it, to not give up, to not give up. I, you know, it's that, wilt thou be made whole? Yes, it's happening now. My healing is happening now. One thing I would also recommend to you is, uh, as, if you're a Course in Miracles student, to really ask Jesus to show you the way. Because remember, in A Course in Miracles, Jesus says, I'm with you always. And I mean it literally, he says in the Course. And he says, ask me for help. So... It's not asking in the begging, beseeching way, but knowing that you are worthy of ascended master assistance. Calling upon the healing angels to heal whatever is in your mind that is the root cause. 
and to be grateful that even though things appear to be as they are, that you're setting yourself free, you're setting all humanity free, that's what's happening. Nothing else could be happening. That's what's happening. I also would recommend to you that um, back in September of 2014, I believe it was September or maybe early October, I did a radio show with Nook Sanchez. And um, she talked about having some kind of osteoporosis that was excruciatingly painful and she healed it in this way working at the level of the mind I am willing to have a healing I'm willing to have a healing in my mind in my body in every cell fiber and function of my being One of the things that uh, I've been thinking about is seeing if people would like to organize uh, a prayer call every day, a live prayer call where um, Masterful Living students would maybe take turns one day a month to do a healing prayer that would be a live prayer that people could call into, just, you know, a five-minute prayer time or 10-minute prayer time uh, working with some of the healing prayers from the workbook and other healing prayers, but to speak a, a word of prayer and talking about also doing that uh, with uh, uh, A Course of Miracles lessons for next year. So these are some of the things I'm thinking about. And uh, if anybody's interested in participating in something like that, you can um, email me at mlc at jenniferhadley.com, mlc, like Master of Living Course, because um, if people were willing to take that on and we had enough that someone could do one day a month, uh, then we could have that also additional live prayer call, which I think would be so powerful for our community. With my changing time zones and different things, it's um, not something for me to do every day. That's why I do the pre-recorded prayer, uh, that people can listen to it any time of day. But I'm so interested in supporting other people and stepping into that that teacher role. All right, we're at time here, but Tammy's raising her hand, so I'm just going to uh, see here. Hey, Tammy. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Good, good. I While you were talking, I was just thinking about um, whenever I'm having pain in my body and I really don't know what it's about, I just ask my body, what is this about? Tell me. And uh, I sit mm-hmm. with that, and it's very helpful. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, thank you, Tammy. You're welcome. Thanks very much. Yeah. 
I'm going to mute you out. Uh, we're going to close out here. And um, I thought I did talk about that recently. I'm so glad you brought that up, Tammy. Uh, but that, and it may have been in a different Masterful Living class, it's that really tuning into your actual body and recognizing that the body is a representative of our belief system that and to ask the body or where the pain is what's going on what do you need what can you tell me what is this about uh, and we can become increasingly masterful at asking the questions so if it doesn't help you right away then you can you know keep experimenting with it so one thing is to tune into let's say the pain if you've got a pain in your foot let's say tuning into your foot and tuning into the energy of the pain seeing if you can discern something what color is it how does it feel does it feel hard does it feel squishy Does it feel wiry? Getting a sense of it. And then literally asking, what is it that you're needing? What is it that you're telling me? What are you about? How can I help you? And I've done that with different things in my body and found that the answers were oftentimes surprising, and by putting my attention on it, I was able to have a shift in how I felt physically. So that's something for anyone and everyone to try. You can try it with a headache or any kind of ache or pain or something that doesn't feel good. And I really invite you to please, please, please share in the Facebook group. Share your experiments. I also would like to say, and then we're going to close out here, that um, because I haven't had a huge block of uh, time to do one-on-ones and it's spread out uh, over a period of time, I haven't sent out an email because uh, if I did, then it, the spots would have filled up so quickly, the majority of people who got the email would feel frustrated that nothing was available. And so I've been posting it in uh, the Facebook group, and again, it's been filling up very quickly. So I will be making more appointments available next week and the next few weeks. Um, so I, I will send out an email and uh, one thing you can do is uh, just keep trying back and uh, more appointments will come available, more appointments will come available. But I'm truly interested in speaking with everyone who would like to speak with me. It's an honor to me to be able to speak with you. I really enjoy it. It's one of the best parts of the course for me is to get to know you and to support you and to share with you. So I appreciate your 
willingness to talk with me. And if you if it doesn't feel right for you or comfortable for you, that's just fine too. So let's take this breath of love and gratitude together and be so grateful and so thankful that we are consciously choosing to live a life of love. We are grateful and thankful to allow ourselves to live the love fully and completely, partnering up with the higher Holy Spirit self to know and to remember our true identity is already as holy as holy can be. What I know for each and every one of us is the habits and the beliefs in pain, in illness and sickness are dissolving and resolving permanently back to the root cause. We're laying on the altar everything that is discordant, everything that is upsetting and painful, mental pain, emotional pain, physical pain, financial pain, creative pain, any and all sense of pain and suffering. We are giving it to the higher Holy Spirit self for healing right now. We're calling upon the company of heaven and all that is holy, all the angels and all that there is to support us in liberating from any idea of pain. We are grateful and thankful to accept our healing right here, right now. We are grateful and thankful to fly free on the wings of the Holy Spirit. We are loving ourselves free of all pain and suffering. In gratitude, we let it be. In gratitude, we know it's done. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Yes. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for your deep sharing and thank you for your deep listening. Oh, I just love you so much. Thank you. Mwah.